excited for what God has for us tonight in his word. But the title of the message, once again, is What Child Is This? What Child Is This? Speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ and his birth. Being a father, every child that we brought into the world, it was a unique experience. With a few of our kids, they were born jaundiced. Anybody have any experience with that? And I remember they would send us home sometimes with this, this little machine, or, and you'd have to wrap your kids up in it, and, and it gives a UV light or a ray or something like that, a bright light, to hopefully get the bilirubin out of their system and, and, and get their, I believe it's their kidneys or their livers functioning at an optimal rate. And that light was essential to their life. I remember they would have us, with one of the children, they had an especially high level of jaundice, and so they would make us go in every few days to, to draw a little bit of blood. And how many of you guys are like me when you see your little baby poked and <laughs> it does something to you and bleeding? And I remember one of our children, I was, I was tired of it. They were coming in, like, you know, the first few days, and they were giving the shots and taking blood. I'm like, the nurse came in one more time. I said, that's enough. <laughs> You're not going to hurt my child anymore. You're not going to take any more blood. We, we pray. We trust God. And I remember the nurse, the male nurse, looking at me kind of startled. And um, my wife kind of looking at me like, I can't believe you just did that. <laughs> but these precious children, you know, they, the moment that they come into the world, they, they have your heart. Well, I want to think about the Lord Jesus Christ, the most special child that ever was born. Instead of needing light, he was the light. He was the light of the world. And he was born into a dark world. I want you to get a picture of what the climate was like, not just the weather, but just the spiritual climate in that day. They had gone through a season of silence from God, 400 years of silence between Malachi in the Bible, the last prophecy, and, and Matthew, where, of course, Gabriel comes on the scene to Zacharias and gives the prophecy of John the Baptist, the forerunner of Jesus Christ. And then he also goes to a little young woman by the name of Mary and gives the prophecy of Jesus coming through her womb. It was a dark time spiritually. The Jews were under bondage to the Romans. And it was not a, a fun time to be a Jew. There was corruption everywhere you looked. Within the religious leaders, there was corruption. The, the political leaders, there was corruption. There was spiritual, governmental, everything you can possibly think about. There, there was difficulties all around. And Jesus was born into that type of a world, our world. This child was born to be harmed. Like I mentioned to you guys a moment ago, it's hard when you, we see our children harmed, right? See them go through pain. But I want you to tonight to get the picture with me as I, as I pondered on this, meditated on this. Once again, this time of year, Jesus was born to die. The whole... <laughs> 
of his existence would lead to a hill called Calvary where he'd be crucified. I heard about a reporter who was going around interviewing people in Tokyo, Japan during Christmas time, and the interviewer stopped one young woman on the sidewalk and asked her, what is the meaning of Christmas? She responded, I don't know. Is it that day that Jesus died? And there was some truth to her answer because Christ was born to die. What child is this? You know, when we speak about that title, Christ, it is telling us that he is the one prophesied Messiah, the one who would save our sons and daughters, the one who would set the captives free, the one who had been prophesied from the Garden of Eden when man fell. Christ, the Christ. I want us to just look at it briefly tonight. What child is this? He is God in the flesh. He is God in the flesh. And one of the things that I love to preach more than every, one of the doctrines that I love to preach more than any other is the deity of Jesus Christ. Who Jesus is. He is not on the other, on the shelf with the other false gods of the world. He is far above them, high and lifted up above every other name. The Lord Jesus is God in the flesh. And I want you to be reminded tonight, John 1, verse 14, one of my favorite verses in the entire Bible, and the Word, the Logos, the everlasting one, the great I am, the Bible says the Word became flesh. Now, I want you to get this picture. Have, have you guys ever watched that old show, Undercover Boss? <laughs> Where the boss, the CEO, or the owner of the company, he dresses up like one of the the, the entry level employees, right? <laughs> and he goes undercover, and, and uh, you know he tries to find out how his business is running, or what's wrong, or what needs to be corrected. And and I always thought it was kind of staged because you know these cameras are there, and these people are just kind of outrageous. Some of the employees there, and but I want you to get this picture of the 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 condensation of Christ, how he became a man, how God, who never needed anything or anyone, who was self, uh, self-existent, self who was self-sustaining from eternity past. We can't wrap our brains around this. My, my daughter asked me the other day, uh, how, Zuri, she's three, she said, how, what birthday is this for Jesus? <laughs> How old is God? I looked at her. I said, honey, there is no number to put to him. He's the ancient of days. He is the everlasting. He's the alpha and omega. He's the beginning and the end. So we can't really put our brain around eternality, that doctrine of of the eternality of Jesus. But when he became a man, he, he became a man. He took the lowest of forms. He's weaker than an angel. Who he cre- I mean, I want you to get this picture. And I was reading a commentary this week, and it just it boggled my mind that, you know, Jesus, he could have come as a full-grown adult. You, was Adam ever a baby? No. Neither was, was Eve, right? He could have came as the perfect human. That 
the Jews, the, the ones who don't believe in Jesus are still waiting for a man, a perfect man, their Messiah to come and, and a political leader who's going to take over and, and rule and reign. But Jesus chose to come through a womb, through a virgin womb in the most weak and frail form of man. You know, babies are, you know, they're, they're the most defenseless. They're the, they're, they are so dependent upon their, their parents for everything, right? And here, here he is, the self-existent one, the eternal one, the creator of all things being born as a helpless child. And, and the commentary that I read was saying that he did this. Hear me out, y'all. This is biblical. He did this so that he could have the full human experience. So that he can sympathize, not just empathize with us. I believe I had that right. Empathy is when you don't understand, right? Sympathy is when you, you do. Okay, hopefully I'm right there. But you get what I'm trying to say? He wanted to understand the human experience all the way through so that he could be a more compassionate savior to us. So he was born in the most lowly of ways. And I want you to get the picture. You know, we glamorize it every year. When you see those, you know, the manger scenes on people's lawns and you see it on movies, you see it, you know, nice, clean cut, you know, brightly lit you know, some hay, you know, <laughs> that the baby would lay in the manger. No, that was not the scene. It was dark, damp, cold. Could you imagine, ladies, ladies, it's tough to give birth in a, or a in a, you know, a beautiful hospital room in, 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 you know, in America now. Can you imagine on the dark, cold floor of a cave? Could you imagine the smells? Because this was the place where animals are. It's like, have you ever driven by Bakersfield and get a, a whiff? <laughs> urine, animal urine, I don't, feces, the dirty filth. This is where our Savior was born. This is what he came into. He came as the lowly of lowly. I, I want you to get this picture. God in the flesh. This is what he did for us. The most amazing event that ever took place up until that point took place in a lowly ca a cave. In a manger, I want you to understand, it wasn't this wooden structure. It was usually a, a rock that had been hewn out. And he was placed in that. We know he was wrapped in burial cloths, little, little strips of clothing that they would wrap the deceased in because he was truly born to die. God in the flesh. I want you to get that picture tonight. Gabriel, when he came to Mary in Luke chapter 1, he said, And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Jesus, that name, it means Savior. It means Jehovah saves. He, he was born to save us. He came to rescue us. The Bible says he will be great and he will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. 350 times in the Old Testament, 
It is prophesied about the coming, the birth of the Messiah. It was a big deal to God. The Bible says that in the fullness of time that God brought forth his son made of a woman under the law. And I want us to not forget who this child is that we still sing about till this day, that we worship from our hearts. He is God in the flesh. But I want you to see not only is he God in the flesh, but he's God with us. I want you to get this. As I mentioned, lived there. He, he was a friend of sinners. I want you to get this. What did Jesus get the most you know, flack from the religious leaders about the company he kept? He's a friend of publicans and sinners and why is he hanging? Why is there a prostitute hanging around? Why are you a rabbi letting that, that, that woman who's defiled touch you? Why are you letting, uh, these people come near you? If you are all that you say you are, I want you to understand tonight because he's a friend of sinners. And I want to tell somebody, maybe you came in here tonight. You say, well, I'm a sinner. You don't know what I did last night. Let me tell you. God knows and he loves you still the same. He desires you. He desires to be your savior. He desires to set someone free tonight. So thankful that he would identify with us. This child was born for unto us. A child is born. Luke said it and I want you to Hear it in Isaiah's prophecy, the sign. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. That name Emmanuel, what we sang a moment ago, it means God with us. God in the flesh with the common people, with the Kings and palace. I mean, with everyone in between, I want you to understand tonight that God came, this child that was born, this son that was given, he came to identify with us. He came to, to be accessible for all throughout eternity. God was, was, was not present in a sense, like not, uh, he was there, but he wasn't with us in a sense until in this very moment he was born. And do you understand that when Jesus died on the cross and he rose from the grave and he left his spirit with us that for us, we always had, we always had his presence. He's always with us. Because of what he's done, he, he will never leave us or forsake us. God with us. What an amazing mystery it is, you guys. Read the book of Ephesians if you get a chance. I want you to, you see that the Old Testament saints, even the angels did not understand. They could not comprehend the mystery of the New Testament church where God would put his spirit inside of men and women. And this is, this was a, uh, the mystery of mysteries to them, but it's been revealed to us. If you're saved tonight, you are, you are of all people blessed in the world. I want you to remember that. You're blessed. God with us. 
A child is born, a son is given. But for unto us a child is born, Isaiah 9, 6, and unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Oh, tonight, if you're disappointed, I want you to know that Jesus, he's wonderful. Put your focus on him. You'll never be disappointed in him. I'm telling you, if you are confused tonight, he is the counselor. If you don't know what to do, go to the counselor, the perfect counselor. If you're weak tonight, he is the mighty God. There's nothing that he can't do. There's nothing beyond the scope of his power. There's no one who can stand before this God. He is the mighty one and he is uh, the defender of the weak. I'm thankful for that, aren't you, tonight? <laughs> Sometimes don't you feel helpless? I see the, the, the direction of our nation. I see the decisions that leaders are making. And sometimes we as the regular folk, we feel helpless, but our hope isn't found in our government or in our citizenship this side of eternity. My hope is found is, and is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ and his righteousness. My hope is secure tonight. My foundation is sure tonight. And though the, the winds may blow against it, the storms may rise up. I'm founded tonight. My, it is well with my soul because of what Jesus has done. Amen. Anybody else need to hear that? He's the mighty God. If you're scared, he is the everlasting father. My kids, when they're scared, they come knocking on the door at night and they run to us. Sometimes we're, we're so tired. We're like, just pray. Go, go back to bed. <laughs> but I want you to know every time you run to your heavenly father, he doesn't have to sleep like you and I. And he can calm your fears. If you're worried, like some of us are about a lot of things, I want to remind you tonight that he's the Prince of Peace. There's no price tag you can put on peace, is there? You guys know people who are wealthy, but they have no peace. Howard Hughes, you ever heard of him? One of the wealthiest men who ever lived. You know how they found him in his house when he died? He'd become a recluse. His nails were this long. Hadn't cut his hair. He looked like a he looked like Nebuchadnezzar. You see, remember Nebuchadnezzar in the Bible? He was the most powerful man in the world. And he said, oh, look what I built. Look what I've done and what did God do? He said, oh, you did this? Oh, really? <laughs> and he made him into a beast for seven years where he was walking on all fours and his nails grew out like Howard Hughes and he was eating grass and he was a wild beast. And then one day God said, okay, I think you get the picture. And he came to himself. I'm telling you, that's the God we serve. There will be no flesh glorying in his presence. And all of our glory is borrowed. Do you understand the breath in your lungs and my lungs is borrowed? So why should we glory in anything? The only one tonight that should be worshipped, the only name that should be exalted, the only one who we gather around is the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the Prince of Peace. It was prophesied that he would be great. He would be like no other man that ever walked the planet. 
He has influenced history like none other. This man is the dividing line of everything in in civilization. I want you to get this picture tonight. What child is this? It's God with us. God with us. And tonight I want to finish with this. What child is this? He's God, our Savior. Our Savior, Matthew 1, 21. And she shall bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Many times I talk to people about their souls, and they say, I'm a good person. I, I'm, I think I'll be all right when I stand before God. And I asked him this question, then why did Jesus have to die if we could be good enough? Many times people say, well, I was born into a, this type of family, religious family. I've been baptized. I've done all these things, and I think I'm okay before God. And I said, well, if your words could save you, why did Jesus have to shed his blood? The truth of the matter is, what man needed most, what you and I need most, what every human needs is a savior. When you stand before God, if you're standing on your own merit, on your own accomplishments, on your own good works, we will all fall short. The Bible says, for the wages of sin is death. You see, even though we do good things, we are all broken. Any of us parents can testify of this. <laughs> and we can testify in our own lives that we fall short. And that's why Jesus came into the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him, listen to that, Whoever believes in him, Jesus, will have everlasting life or eternal life. I want you to understand that is the, the only way for salvation. That is the only method that God has provided for sin to be dealt with. A personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. This baby that was born, he was born to save He was wrapped, as I mentioned before, in Luke 2 and 7, talks about he was laid in a manger. He was wrapped in swallowing clothes. These were burial clothes. He was born to die. And I want you to know, and if anybody has questions about God's intentions, all you really have to do is look at the Bible. The main theme of the entire Bible is redemption. People like to highlight Areas that they may not disagree or they may not agree with. But if you look at this, the Bible, the Bible is a love story that is beyond my comprehension because I wouldn't give my son to die for any of us, <laughs> you know. But God did. And he was excited for this. The Bible says that it pleased him. That Jesus was wounded for our transgressions. And God isn't willing that any should perish, 
One of my favorite verses is in 1 Timothy portion of scripture in chapter 2. The Bible says this, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, speaking of Jesus, who desires all men to be saved. Who desires, listen to that, God desires that all men would be saved. He desires that you would be saved in here tonight. He desires that all men would be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man. I love that God emphasizes that he was a man. He was born. He was once a child who grew up and he was the man, Christ. That's his, that's his title, right? That's who, that's the one Messiah, the, the one, Jesus, the savior, the, the one way to heaven who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Jesus came into the world miraculously through a virgin's womb. He exited the world miraculously as well. At a place that said there, there's, there's no exit, you know, the, <laughs> the tomb. He, he rose from the dead to prove that everything that he claimed, every promise that he made, the exclusive claim that he made that he is the only way to the Father was validified when he rose from the grave. And I want us to remember this during this time of season, that this, this time of year, this season, that the child that we worship, the child that we preach, He's coming again one day. But as we know, he's not coming as a little baby ever again. We, Pastor said it this morning. He came as a lamb, but he's coming back as a lion. <laughs> he came as a servant, but now he's coming back as Lord of all. He came to save, but now when he returns, he's coming back to judge the world in righteousness. So I want to ask the question that I'm sure God would want to be asked tonight. Do you know this Jesus? Do you have that relationship with him? Oh, the greatest gift that you will ever receive is a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. It pays dividends. I told my wife today, she's the gift that keeps on giving. But you know, one day, either God's going to call me home or her. You want to know another reason why Jesus was the, the only suitable Savior? Because of his infinite nature. You see, if it were, if it were a human that just came, that they would have a limited time, but he had the dual natures. He is 100% God and 100% man. So as our mediator, he ever liveth. He ever intercedes on our behalf. You know, the only thing that's man-made in heaven is the scars that Jesus bears. And when the father looks at him, he says to us, forgiven. 
For I see the scars in my son's hands and his side and his feet. He did that. He shed his blood for my salvation, for yours. What child is this? He is the, the God man, the savior of the world. And if you don't have a relationship with tonight, I, I want to encourage you to open your heart to him. It's so simple. The Bible says this, that if you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. It's that simple. By, for by grace are you saved through faith. I want you to understand you, you could be baptized in this water a hundred times. That will, that wouldn't save you. You can walk on your knees up the stairs like many of our, 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 our confused Catholic uh, friends to try to appease God. That will never save you. You can live like Mother Teresa. That will never save you. Only faith in the Lord Jesus Christ will save you. Have you placed your faith in Jesus? What child is this? Call on his name tonight. Say, Lord, I'm a sinner. I know I fall short of your standard. And I'm asking you to save me, Jesus. I'm, I'm, I'm only trusting in what you have accomplished, your finished work on the cross, Jesus, to save me. And the moment someone does that, the Bible says they're saved. That, that Bible word, my favorite word in the Bible, saved. Saved. Saved from eternity of separation and torment. Saved for all of eternity to be in his presence. Saved, saved, saved. Are you saved tonight? I don't ask people, are you a Christian anymore? I don't. Because everybody and their grandmother is a Christian, right? Supposedly there's 200 million in, in the U.S. I ask people, are you saved? Do you know if you're going to heaven? And they say, yeah. I say, well, how? <laughs> if they say, well... I go to church. Well, I was baptized. Whoop, I was confirmed. It's not the right answer, my friend. Let me say, I, the Lord, the Lord Jesus, he saved me. I, I called on his name when I was nine years old, and he saved me from my sin. That's the only way, folks.